A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Some Place for Everybody, where we talk about belonging and being a human in our bodies, in living in and learning to love our bodies. I'm your host, Carly Someplace. This podcast is brought to you by Someplace Images, Boudoir for Everybody. You can see the full show notes at someplaceforeverybody.com. Now, let's change some self-perspectives. It's Carly Someplace, and I'm so incredibly excited to introduce you to one of my 2021 brand ambassadors, the amazing Brandy Douglas. Brandy, I know you have a list that is, it's got a lot of letters, and there's lots of things, and you've got so many cool things going on, and titles that you can add before and after your name. So tell us the things <laughs> about you. <laughs> I will do my best. Hi, everyone. Um, so like Carly said, my name is Brandy. Uh, I use she, they pronouns. Uh, currently, I'll talk about what I'm doing currently and then back up. So currently yeah. I am a doctoral student at Clemson University. Um, I am studying educational leadership with the emphasis in higher education. My research is around diversity, equity, and inclusion work. Uh, and that's the work that I've done for 10 plus years at different universities, including Oregon State University and University of Nebraska, Lincoln. I'm originally from Stillwater, Oklahoma. I think the only thing that I want to add is I used to host a podcast once upon a time uh, <laughs> called Got the uh, Work to Do. Did I know that? I did know that. I did know yeah, that. Yeah, it was part of my job at Oregon State. And yes, so, okay. And then you were like, I'm really enjoying this. <laughs> yes. So I may host another podcast someday. Carly is actually like, you're seriously inspiring me to, to do that again. Oh my gosh. Um, so yeah, those are, those are the cool things that I think I can, I can bring right now. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And diversity and inclusion and like, those are very, I don't want to say big hot topics in the last couple of years. Obviously it's a field that's been around for a lot longer than that. And also yeah. is very needed in every single workplace period on the face of the planet. What is, I don't know I want to be like, tell me some experiences I guess, cool things that you've seen come of that. And also like, I don't want to be like, tell me the crazy shit, but like, tell me the crazy shit. That... Right, yeah. There will <laughs> always I, I be think, crazy shit. <laughs> there's always crazy shit. Like we like crazy shit, but I think, I mean, there are very important topics, duh, obviously. Um, and I think that they are, but I think it's so cool that, especially with that background of diversity and inclusion. And then as you're going into higher education um, and leadership, I think that those are all things that fall in so incredibly well with one another. They also just are the things that I think about you in general. Um, I've known you now for what, almost four years. I think that that sounds about yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Four or five years now. Yeah. About, yeah. Four or five years. We're, we're <laughs> that's, I'm excited about that. I yes. like that statement. Oh, yay. <laughs> and, and in the whole time, and actually, 
and how we connected is one of my past students, who is also one of your past students. Yes. Um, shout out to Markina. Markina! Uh, <laughs> Uh, Marquina was one of my students on semester at sea and she was one of your students um, at Oregon State so Mm -hmm. it is it's cool and then I also um, have a connection to Oregon State my best friend's little sister went there so I was in Corvallis often so I got to be around and I feel like we've got like some mutual friends and mutual places in common and it's like you were you were meant to be in my life (laughs) we're meant to be in each other's lives it's true it's so true And obviously, you're a brand ambassador for me presently. We're about to be wrapping up the 2021 season and moving Mm. into our new 2022 ambassadors, which is going to be cool. But yeah, so let's 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 talk about you more. (laughs) So (laughs) to go into the question about diversity stuff. So just to give a background about how I got into it, I actually started doing diversity work when I was 13. (laughs) Um, I love that. So I don't know, it just, it was around Black history. As a Black woman, I didn't really know a lot about the history of Black people in the United States. And so, and there wasn't- Because it's uh, left out of textbooks everywhere. It still is left out of textbooks. Um, It definitely was in Oklahoma. And so um, it was a teacher who was not my teacher, uh, who actually tapped me and asked me if I wanted to start doing some Black History Month events in our junior high school. And so- she kind of sparked that interest and I took it yeah. and ran with it until, uh, yeah, I've just ran with it. I like, was going to say, you're still doing it. I'm still you doing it. it. <laughs> During February, you did an entire most, uh, an entire month's worth of every single day in some place, boudoir and glamour, you posted a like very empowered black woman as part of black history month. And I learned so much. <laughs> I love doing that. There were there were definitely, I mean, obviously there were definitely figures that I recognized, but there were also so many that I didn't recognize. And now yeah. obviously March being Women's History Month, like there's still so many figures that I recognize and so many figures that I don't recognize in, in things that others are sharing now. And I think, and I think that your sharing has sparked a lot of people wanting to share about others as well as other empowered women, which is yes. just an amazing thing. But like I learned, I did, I learned so much when you were posting those every single day. I, I like sat down to read them and then you're like, here's all my resources. Here's, here's all my resources. My uh, that's the doctoral <laughs> side of me coming out. I'm like, ah, I should probably, you know, make sure I'm citing people. But I wanted to do that because I wanted to make sure that, you know, you and I know this, but most folks don't always consider Black women to be multifaceted. And I wanted to make sure that we were talking about not only just Black women, like cool Black women like Michelle Obama and Oprah, but one talked about right. like, like Alice Ball or I want to talk about Condoleezza Rice, who is very controversial right. in some ways, you know? And Absolutely. so, but she's still an amazing Black woman who is the first Secretary of State as a Black yeah. woman. And so like she need that, you know, that deserves to be in there. And so- Yeah. So I just, I'm glad that went over super well. I was, I'm not going to lie. I was a little afraid to be like, I hope this works out well, not between us, but you know, I don't know how some folks will always see um, black women. Like right now we have Katanji Brown Jackson, who is trying to be the first black woman on the Supreme court. And the things that she's going through right now for her confirmation hearing is such a stark reminder that, um, what black women have to go through to jump through hoops. Like she has done so much more than any Supreme court, current Supreme court justice to, to get to the space that she's in. And so, but to, for, to not see that, to, 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 I mean, you still have to go through the questioning period. Yes. But you know, 
I I hope it's not as big of a hurdle for her because she's done art. She's already done so much work, but to see her as a multifaceted human being, who's not, um, who's very much an impartial figure in her work. Right. You know, she's not, you know, I, I think a lot of people just have a specific thought process when you see a black woman and that's not always the case. (laughs) Yeah. And I I think, well, and I, I totally understand where you're coming from though, of like, I don't want to say being nervous. There's like, even when it comes to posting in some place, boudoir and glamour, I get nervous about some of the things that I'm like, am I being too controversial with this? Yeah. And the thing is like, I hate, I hate having that feeling. I hate having that feeling. And I, I hate being like, is this too much of a controversy? And I don't think somebody being an empowered black woman should be a controversy period but I also understand it's the internet and there and we have 10,000 people in that group that is it's a large group it's not a small space it's not you know you don't know every single person in there and as much as we are constantly in there monitoring and having conversations and opening people's eyes to different ways to look at bodies and different ways to look at people just in general as well as themselves there's still this like undercurrent of it may be, and it could be anything that we say, could be super triggering for somebody mm-hmm. about themselves. Right. And and that's what it comes into, um, especially when you're bringing in things that like disrupt potentially a history that they know and that they're taking as a truth when it's not actually fact. And so I think that in a lot of history teaching moments, being able to like, like you said, like sharing all of these stories of these black women in the, you know, 17s and 1800s for a lot where you were referencing things that far back and even, you know, becoming prominent women in America in a time when black women were looked at as, I mean, just after slavery, things like Mm -hmm. these are really big, heavy conversations and having these facts about their lives that contradict a lot of what was taught and, you know, 100% whitewashed in the school and education culture that we all grew up in in America. Exactly. So I right. think that I think that there's there's obviously there's so much coming from that. And I I respect that. And I, I totally understand where you're coming from with that, because people get combative and it's a space that we all want to keep as I don't want to say neutral because that's like not the word, but like safe. And when yeah. people start. And when people start going back and forth, I mean, I know you've seen, we, we. it's very rare that I have to like lose my shit on somebody. It happens like maybe two times a year, which I think in a group of like 10,000. It's 000, actually pretty it's good. Like, it's actually pretty good. <laughs> it's only like once or twice a year that I really have to like lose my shit and, and get on Facebook live and yell at people. <laughs> and then everybody's like, oh, what's happening? Ooh, those are my right? most, most, those are my most watched the most, ones. Exactly. When I finally, when like my Aries energy is like, I'm here and I'm ready to like tear you to pieces because my long fuse is finally done. And somebody pushed me over the edge and made a comment that is just so ridiculous. I'm like, nope, this is not happening today. <laughs> I, but yeah, it's, I, but I totally understand because there, sometimes you have no idea what it's going to be that right. like. <laughs> I also think like, you know, we, you specifically, but you know, you've also empowered this of your brand ambassadors. I wouldn't even call it, I mean, safe is a, is a good word. I would honestly call it a brave space to be able to, okay, yeah. I you know, to because you, to, we take risk. We take risk in that group we do. to, yeah. to post things and, and, and our members take risk in the, in the group to post their personal and be vulnerable. It's, it's risky to be vulnerable in a space where you, where you don't know just about everybody in it. Um, right. 
and people are hiding behind a computer technically we all have our beautiful faces on our photos but you know Right. We don't know that person. And so it's a brave space to be in that. Keyboard warriors still exist. Oh my gosh. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. And I do. I no longer have the time or day or to give nope. them any mind nope. since they don't pay me. Exactly. I don't, I, and I don't have time for people like that either. Like, I, I mean, I'm pretty clear about like, if you come in, yes, we all have different opinions. We were all raised in different ways. We we're all raised with different beauty standards, life standards, all of this other stuff. But like, if you come in and you just can't be kind to somebody, or if somebody is telling you what you're doing is harmful and you're not listening to them, you're gone. I just, right. I don't have the patience to try and educate you if you're not gonna listen. Bye. You're blocked. Yeah. I just, <laughs> and then I'll literally, and then I'll get on a rant and be like, okay, don't act like this person because I don't have time for your bullshit and you gone if you're doing it. <laughs> it's true though like I just I don't want to deal with that I don't want to I don't want to talk until I'm blue in the face of like if when I say all bodies I mean fucking all bodies a-l-l all all that doesn't mean besides this one person or besides this one type or besides this one skin tone or besides all period and I think that's a really hard concept for some people and it becomes pretty apparent usually when they're in the group that if if that's not what they think and they finally make a stand about it I'm like yeah you don't belong here bye right (laughs) and and all I can do is like I don't want to be like bless and release but it's like I really hope you get to a point where you realize that maybe something you said like that I removed you from this group for a reason and like maybe you should think about that like I just I feel like it's like putting a kid in time out and being like I think you need to think over your actions and your words (laughs) well it's also you know like one it's helpful for them to to kind of out themselves so we already know who they are um and let that alone but there's also like a time place and manner for for an educational moment like yeah. The whole group is an educational moment. And if oh, yes, you're, you're, you're seeing these, you're seeing these posts, you're seeing these conversations and you're, you are not interested or open to at least hear it out, then right. this ain't the space for you. Like, I think that goes true with, <laughs> with diversity and social justice education. I yeah. can, I can honestly have workshops. I can have trainings. I can do webinars. I can have talks in classrooms, I can give presentations, but if the people in there are not ready to open their ears and minds to see and hear and validate somebody else's truth, then there's nothing else I can do for you. (laughs) Exactly. And I, I, it's, it's that openness that people, I think that that's like what we just need to be taught more is I think we just need to be taught more openness and like, like, more openness, more understanding that there is more than one reality in this world. Um, right. Shimande, oh, I'm going to butcher her last name, this author who talks about the danger of a single story. Yeah. And it's it's absolutely true about, you know, you can't go through life thinking that your story is the same as everyone else's story. Like there are multiple, there are multiple universes, there are multiple truths, and they can all be valid. And it's really hard. And I'm not talking about the extremes because somebody will always say, well, what about, you know, a racist living in blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, no, their their truth isn't valid. <laughs> but that's not what I'm talking about. That- <laughs> I mean, even if you look at it in the fact of like siblings growing up, yes. you were raised by the same parents in the same place. You generally experience the same school system, the same everything. And you might have vastly different experiences. And if yes. you can't take that as an idea of like, I'm 
this is, I see things differently from this person who has, we'll say 90% of the same experiences, raising everything like that. Even if you go through a small system, usually the same teachers, usually the same everything, you're still going to end up with different truths and you're still going to end up with different ideas because you are different people. But that is like, if that's the reality is that every single person's truth and reality is different and very just them. Mm -hmm. then like where do we not understand that obviously people have vastly different experiences than us when somebody who potentially even grew up in the same household as us has an extremely different vast reality from ourselves exactly i i think it there's this the stopping point is around you know things that you talk about about body about body image about body positivity there's a stopping point there there's a gap there there's a dissonance there there's a dissonance when it comes to race there's a distance when it comes to gender, sexual orientation, the thing, the, the mm-hmm. social identities that we all hold or, um, uh, or you know, not want to hold, but are a part right. of how we're perceived is that is that dissonance is that disconnect for most people that multiple truths can happen. Like, you know, when talking about body image growing up for me, uh, it's not so much of like being a big girl was bad. It was more of just like, you know, if you want to lose weight, this is how you do it. Like, I remember vividly conversations with my mom about like, hey, maybe we should walk more, blah, 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 blah. And then the the same conversation, Carly, like right after having that part, we're like, all right, let's go get some ice cream. Right. Like, that's the next that's the next part of the conversation. Yeah, great. Let's go to Brahms, which if you've never been to Brahms, <laughs> go to get Brahms. your life. Oh my gosh. If you're ever in Oklahoma or Texas, I don't think they're in Kansas, maybe in Kansas. If you happen to be one of those three states for some reason, uh, I don't know why you would be, but if you are, find hey, the Bronx. We've got listeners everywhere. So. Look, I mean, I don't want to, I'm not shitting on those states, but I'm saying most people don't go to those states unless you have a very specific reason. If you're in the state, you already know about Brahms, right? You already know about Brahms if you're in Oklahoma, but for those who ever, if you go, Brahms is the place to go. But like, those were the conversations I was having. And I don't, I don't remember hearing those type of conversations from my white women friends growing up when we, if we ever actually have conversations about body, which is rare, right. which is already rare right. enough. Right. <laughs> but, I, I, it's, it's funny. You say that it's rare. And I feel like that's, I don't want to be like, I feel like that's all I talk about, uh, but that's all I talk about in my thirties, I guess is really, I could say that yeah. in literally in the last, like three to four years, I talk about bodies and my own body more than I've ever talked about it. And, but that's because I've figured out that it is such a gateway to be able to have these open conversations. Um, and, and you're right. And everybody was raised in a different way for that of like, of having that. So, yeah, but yeah, I I think, I mean, I think the way the, how am I going to put this? This is mainly an assumption. We never talked about it before thirties, forties, but that age range, like, but right. if you're talking about in high school or early college, how I would normally see it is no, seeing someone take diet pills and yeah. that be that, that is usually it right, right there. I knew some girls in high school who would do that. And I just never understood that. Like, why would you do yeah. that? And, and like now thinking about it, reflecting on it, it's like there had to be somebody in their home or somebody in their life who had this conversation in such a way that, that, you know, just this was the next 
conclusion. This was the thing that we had to do. They felt pressured to do it. Right. They felt pressured to do it. And that was never, and I'm not saying that this is the black experience because as Brandy, I cannot speak for all black people and nor would I ever, but as Brandy, the black girl, uh, that was never a conversation in our household. (laughs) (laughs) If I was ever doing that, I, I was gonna say also like oof. listen if I ever go to Oklahoma all I know is that I would like to go to your parents house and have barbecue <laughs> oh yeah yeah you're definitely doing that like that's the first thing that's gonna happen like my dad and my mom are gonna say hey how you doing if you're ever in Stillwater Oklahoma and you go to Dee's Down Home Barbecue just say you know Brandy and my dad's face will just light up like <laughs> like you know Brandy like that's is that's that's us like food right. food 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 is us. And so when it comes to body image, like I, I think I was putting that more on myself than my family was putting on me. Does that make sense? So like, and where that came from, I truly honestly could not tell you. I think it was just being around people. Media that we consume. Media. Yeah. You know, just wanting to unconsciously, subconsciously be in that space of that cool. Well, that's not true. There's some, there's part of body image to me that connects with relationships, remote, romantic relationships and like okay, yeah. not being this size yep. means that I'm not, I'm not capable of having love romantically. Right. right. And so that was, that's usually the connector for me. And it took a long time to get out of that one. I mean, I would say that movies feed us that. Yeah, movies feed us a just, lot of like it's movies a lot of it but it's also just being around other people who aren't your family you know right. and just like because yeah. i let me tell you a story about how i flirt carly real quick so <laughs> when i was yes. in high school and college i had no shame in my game and so the best love, example I, of I, this i love that <laughs> I want to see Brandy with no shame in her game. Let's see. Flirt with me. I'm ready. The best example of this is when I was in um, when I was in college at Oklahoma State. Now picture this. I was a resident assistant. We were doing training, uh, and between the two these two buildings was this volleyball field, right? Mm-hmm. And there was, was hot day. There's these guys, no shirts on, playing volleyball, and I said. They look like they need some water. I went to the nearest vending machine and bought the two biggest bottles of Aquafina I could and strolled on out there. It's like, hey, you guys look really thirsty. Would you like some water? And they stopped their game and all of them came and, you know, we talked and drank. You know, they got water. It's like, all right, that's all I wanted. Bold. <laughs> <laughs> and I went back. I was like, I didn't want their number or anything. I wasn't trying to do that. I was just like, let me just see if I can get some attention. And I did. And I went about my way. And then like three weeks later, one of the guys recognized me. And he was like, hey. And I was like, who the fuck are you? (laughs) And I had to be like, oh, yeah. Water. I gave you that water. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for reminding me. And I kind of went about my way. But that so, you know. That's how I flirted. But if I was interested in somebody and still did that tactic, it would never work for me because they saw this body and were like, nah, I'm good. And it, and the ones who did just wanted to fuck and that was it. And yeah. that's not who, that's not who I was. I'm not someone, I didn't give that away freely. That's, I'm not to say right. the people who do are terrible. They're great. That's just right. not who I wanted to be. And so it took me a while for relationships and sexual and romantic to happen 
And I think a lot of that contributed to how I saw myself. I have to say, put a pin in that. I like your distinction between sexual and romantic. Those are two very different things. Very different things. Very different things. And when they line up, it's fucking awesome. But they don't always. And that's that's okay. Nor do they need to. No, nor do they need to. Nor do they need to. Like my (laughs) uh I'm glad we can talk about anything on your podcast. So I love I'm here for it. The time that I felt most secure in my body is when I was having sex with two different dudes. Okay. Yeah. Separately. Yeah. Like I was like, I I am in this body. Like I was 300 plus and I was still being able to attract people who I was attracted to and we could be together sexually. And that would be the, the end of it. Right. Like I wasn't interested in a relationship. They weren't interested in a relationship, but we found each other mutually attractive. And that was something I never had before. Right. Um, But I felt comfortable in myself to go out and do it. Like I had to feel comfortable in myself first (laughs) to be like, I can do this. This is something I can do. And to be perfectly honest, Carly, I probably could have been doing it earlier, but I wasn't, I didn't (laughs) believe I could because I didn't think people wanted this type of my type of body. Like I had to really, you know, I know you hear this all the time from every person you talk to, but you know, you had to fall in love with yourself first. You had to know that you're the shit first and then like be able to, it's like coming out as when I came out as bisexual, I had to be like, I am, or now I'm pansexual. But when I first came out as bisexual, like I had to come out to myself first. And that's the same thing with, I feel like with body images and body positivity, like because of the, the socialization that we have around size we have to fall in love with ourselves first before right. we can do that for anybody else. So like right. my flirt game was great, but like everything else, like I needed some time. <laughs> I wish, I wish I had some flirt game like that. My flirt game is terrible. <laughs> like, no, I, I was like, can I, oh, no, I want to hear it. Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to think, I think like, okay. So honestly, I think if I had any flirt game in life, it's probably when I worked on ships. And honestly, this sounds silly, but it's when I worked on ships was like really eye opening for me in terms of my body for the fact that I was in such a melting pot of cultures. Mm. Um, and so being obviously a very curvy white woman and I grew up in a super like athletic town and everybody is like let's go skiing for a date and I'm like I don't really want to (laughs) (laughs) like even even before I met Pate and before all of this stuff and I'm I'm always like please don't ever leave me because I don't want to go back to dating um (laughs) I definitely feel that I feel that so hard. Um, But like being on dating apps and even being here and like being in my area, Reno, Nevada is like, of course, we have these like outdoor wonderlands pretty much everywhere we are. It's super athletic around here. But like people were literally like, if you can't beat me down the mountain, don't swipe right. And I was literally like, wow okay so like literally you're like I just need somebody who's just as athletic as I am like what about character what about heart what about kindness like cool but like and I wanted to be like I probably still could sir just because you moved here two years ago and you think you're like ultimate skier like I've been on ski (laughs) since I was three thank you very much do I want to fuck no can I yes (laughs) Mm -hmm. but when I started working on cruise ships I 
was a vast minority as an American amongst mm-hmm. employees. So cruise ships, my first ship that I worked on, there there's about 1,100 employees or 1,100 crew members on. About six to 700 of those people are Filipino. Um, is the vast majority. And then statistically about two to 300 people are Indian. So those are the like larger majorities of just diversity on ships. Um, And it's because it is, I mean, that's a culture that, especially in the Philippines, like it is very, they're people of ships like they're the philippines is a nation of islands and this it's a very common thing for people to work on cruise ship if you look at the cruise industry overall i want to say the statistic is that it's like close to 60 percent of all cruise crew are filipino wow isn't that crazy that's that's (laughs) awesome one right so so one i cannot wait to actually at some point go visit my friends in the philippines because i have so many friends in the philippines um and it's amazing but uh, being introduced to different cultures and different societies different food different everything like i got to experience all of this while i was on ships and then and i got to meet and i will remember this this was on my first ship and this was like one that just like changed so much for me my friend lance who worked in the photo department with me is from St. Lucia and, and he is a just adorable, goofy photographer, but he's a man from the Caribbean. And so he looked at me one day and he was like, you know, when you walk down the I-95, which is like the corridor on all ships to get um, through like the belly of the ship. He's like, he's like, you know, when you walk by every man who is from the Caribbean watches you. <laughs> and I was like, what? And he was like, he was like, Carly, your ass is a Caribbean ass. And I was like, <laughs> and I, had, I was so, I don't even want to say like naive, but honestly, like naive. I was like 23. And he was like, oh yeah. He was like, this is what Caribbean men want. And I was like, okay. And I, it literally took that comment coming directly from somebody, not even somebody being like, oh, I'm gonna flirt with you and girl, I like your big booty and all this other stuff. I'd experienced that before, but literally right. him being like, no, this is a cultural thing. This is like, it is an extremely attractive thing to men from the Caribbean for women to have a big ass. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, how'd you have him tell me that? And I was like, interesting. But then it's like, so then I see like, there's a, there's a couple other guys that I worked with on ships who are from uh, Barbados and like, and again, St. Lucia and all this other stuff. And like, these are beautiful men, beautiful men. They're firefighters on the ships. They're all this oh, other nice. stuff. And I'm walking by yeah, and they're just like making eyes at me. And I'm like, oh, 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 much confidence but it gave me so much confidence and I guess like I really hadn't been in a situation where somebody blatantly told me I'm super attracted to your body type super attracted to your body type and also then it's this cultural thing that we're all talking about it and I was like oh (laughs) it changed a lot of perspective for me because that was the type of thing that I hadn't felt like I was that attractive within my within my own skin mm-hmm. and I mean I was still in my early 20s we're all still kind of floundering around at that point let's not kid ourselves in my early 20s but like that gave me such a confidence boost that I was like oh okay this is fun I'm like cool 
that's good to know. And I like, just like <laughs> tucked that nugget into my brain. And now I'm like, all right. <laughs> like, And it's, it's one of those things that like really was such a simple conversation that changed my whole outlook, both on my body and the fact that then I was like, hmm, I've dated American men my whole life. Maybe I should change that. Like, <laughs> be like, actually, this sounds way better. Actually, let's like take a different look at this. And it, and it's true. Like it just, it shifted my perspective and it let me love me more to then let other people in to feel that like sexual relationship um, right. and, and feel like I was sexually attractive. Don't get me wrong. There were definitely moments where I'm like, I'm pretty today, but like sexually attractive, not something I felt until I worked on chips. Yeah. See, the thing I find really cool about that not only is that, you know, somebody told you, but that you right. took that. <laughs> and that then he was like my friend. And then we'd like, yeah. we'd like dance in crew bar and he'd be like, come dance with me. And I'm like, he's like, he's like, he's like, I love you. And I love that booty, but I'm not going to hit on you. You can just dance. I was like, okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he became That's a good friend. He, he, really, truly. He became such a like safe space for me to do those things. And and to dance and to do all this stuff that I loved. And then he's like, oh, everybody's staring at you. Like, you need a hype man like that sometimes. You, you just do need a hype man like that. And he was straight and he was like, like, usually it's a gay hype man that's going to be like, oh, boo, everybody's looking at you. But like. <laughs> I love all sorts of hype men. I'm usually the hype person for people. So I definitely oh, I'm, understand. I'm such the hype person, obviously. <laughs> yes. Yes. Carly is an amazing hype woman. I will name that for sure. Absolutely. I, I take pride in that. <laughs> I I yell a lot of yes queen in my life. <laughs> For me too. <laughs> uh-huh. I will say that, you know, like some of that coming from men can also like I don't want folks to be like, oh well it took a man to to right. bring no, you to I, that piece. That's exactly why I have feels about that. And then well, I'm like, it sounds you know silly, but No, I, I think it's it doesn't matter the gender. You no. needed that. You needed that point. Like I, I get the male gaze piece, and like I, I struggle with some of that piece too, right. of like, oh, I need the male gaze to validate me as a beautiful, sexy woman, and like, okay, but I, I think that way now because I needed that moment, right? Like I, yeah. I no longer need male gaze to, to feel the way I feel, right? And it's, sometimes Absolutely. it just takes a person to to knock us out of that and even then it still takes a bit <laughs> like yes. for us to do that we still have to do that work ourselves and yes. so like and you know yeah that's still gonna that's still gonna be the thing no matter what like you can have a guy I'm glad there was somebody in your life to be like no really girl your ass is really good and there are people who <laughs> who would really like find you absolutely attractive just the way you are but you still needed to take that moment for yourself to to think that. It, it really was. It was, I think it. the thing that it was is like, oh, okay. And that was like such a, like, honestly, I guess like a compliment. Mm-hmm. And, and it was the type of thing that it then made me, uh, here's what it is. It made me look at myself a different way. Being like, right. oh, people, period, doesn't matter who, do find this attractive. Yep. Just because I've potentially been in the wrong circles or I've been in this space where other people aren't making me feel this way doesn't mean that everybody does. And that exactly. was the important part. Yes. That was what it was, is that was that catalyst of like, no, you are attractive. And me being like, oh, okay. If if one person thinks this, and clearly these other 
very gorgeous men who are watching me walk down this in my terrible, terrible, terrible ship uniform think that I look good in it. <laughs> like, I looked like a seventh grade science teacher. I kid you not. <laughs> khaki pants. Listen, khaki pants that I had to, are you ready? I had to get permission from my boss to buy my own khaki pants because the ship pants barely went up to my size and they were polyester and I could not bend in them. And I was Eey. like, I'm going to bust the seam. I'm going to bust the whole back seam of this. And like, so yeah, no wonder they were looking at me because I was right. like, squeezing myself <laughs> into these pants and like, <laughs> squeezing. Um, and like, literally like blue and white striped polos or blue and white striped button downs with a navy vest over the top. Seventh grade science teacher. That is like Oof. straight up where I was. I needed a little, little mustache and like maybe a comb over <laughs> and I would have been like the typical seventh grade science teacher. <laughs> So <laughs> that was like you actually described close, pretty close to my to my seventh grade science teacher. So good. Job. So so for somebody to tell me, hey, you look attractive in this, I was like, oh, interesting, very interesting. Was your, let me ask you this: Was your first thought you're kidding or you're lying or like did you believe them like immediately? Um. I think I think I I did believe Lance because again at that point we were friends mm -hmm. and we'd been working together and I'd watched him like hit on other women and flirt with them and like all of this other stuff and and then for him to turn around and be like no you're attractive this is attractive all of this other stuff like don't you see people staring at you and like <laughs> and those pants <laughs> like um <laughs> And I, and I think that like, because he was my friend and there had never, like, he wasn't the type of guy, like, yeah, he was like, he loved to like have fun and be funny, but he wasn't the like, I don't want to say joking type. He wasn't going to make a joke of being like, oh, you look so good and not mm. and have it be a joke. So he was very honest in his humor in all ways. And I think that just as a person, I, I just felt very safe with him. Um, we just connected really well on, on so many different things and uh, just had a really great friendship. And like, I, so I did trust him. And so, and I, I'm sure at first I was probably like, oh my God, stop. No, but I also now I would say things like that. But I, back then I probably just like turned bright red and was like, mm. oh, okay. Like I, and, and I was probably like, stop it, you're kidding. And he's like, no, I'm not. And so so I probably would have said something along those lines of yeah. like a, I don't want to say a reaction of disbelief, but like, it, it's like when somebody tells you something you really want to hear, you're like, oh my God, stop. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it was probably something along those lines that I was like, oh my God, stop, really? And and then when he was like, yes, and confirmed it with with no humor no anything behind mm -hmm. it and was like no I, I'm telling you facts I was like oh you are telling me facts facts are nice I like facts I can listen to facts um and and I and then it and then and not only was he telling me facts it was then backed up by like physical actions that I could see from others so yeah. I was like oh because he opened my eyes to it so I think that he was probably that first instance where he was like, no, this, you are attractive. And these are the attractive qualities specifically in like bodily things that are attractive because it was so just factual of what he was telling me. I think I believed him more than like, 
And the other thing, he was my friend. He wasn't right. flirting with me. He wasn't trying to sleep with me. There was none of that happening. He was just like, girl, you're attractive. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I think that it's hard because we get into these ruts of being like, well, of course my friends say that to me. They're my friends. Mm-hmm. But we don't really give ourselves pause to think like, why would they lie to us? Right. Truly, truly. Because we're like, like when I'm hyping people up, they're like, oh, you're just saying it. And I'm like, no, I wouldn't like, and I think I had an entire conversation about this on a different podcast episode with a previous brand ambassador, Kayla, talking about giving compliments and like, and sometimes at first, even if they don't come from, I don't want to say a genuine place, but if you're like, if you're like, girl, that lipstick looks great on you. And it's like, it's just something bold and different and something I wouldn't wear, but I'm mm-hmm. like, good for you. That's still a genuine compliment. It's, I don't want to be like, I like it on you, but I would never wear it on me type thing. But we start to train our brains to, to truly see these as you compliment people more, as you build other people up, you, you find things instantly in other people that you're like, Hey, I really like this about you. And so much of it, I find that that's not even necessarily physical. I can add to the physical things and I can tell people, Oh my God, your legs look 8,000 miles long when you pose them this way. Cause it's true. And that's why I'm posing you that way. But like, right. <laughs> but in, in that I can look at people and say, gosh, I just love your laugh. Or like, you're so great at listening what I have to say. I'm having a great conversation with you. Those are genuine things that have nothing to do with body that right. I think people take easier as compliments and then being able to then give them bodily compliments. They trust me because I've said things about character. And I think that the mix of both of those things I don't want to say makes you more trustworthy when you're telling your friends those things. But literally, if I'm like, I mean, I know, I know, you know, I love you. We've been friends for, like we said, like four, almost five years. I love you. I can have open and candid conversations with you about anything and everything. And I can also be like, Brandy, give me that booty. And you're going to be like, yeah, okay, Carly thinks my butt is great. And I'm like, yes, I do. I'm like, but that, that. You believe me because I am your friend, but also because we have built each other up in in ways that aren't just about our bodies. Even though technically when I met you, our relationship was based on me photographing you and you wanting to be more in love with your body. But that has evolved. And and I think that, and obviously not every person that I experience in my life is going to be in front of my camera or is going to do those things. And I treat every single person the same in that because I know that those are, it builds trust. Yeah. It builds, also, it, honest, honesty builds trust, period. Honesty period. does build trust. And there is a part of you that still has to, you have to believe that shit yourself. So it's right. like when I think about compliments, when I think about when I used to, how I used to take compliments, I'd be like, I would find a way to basically shit on your compliment, <laughs> wherever that right. looked like. I'd be like, oh, it's just da 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 da. Or, oh, you know, you're, I, I wouldn't say anything about like, they're wrong. I would find a way to be like, actually, what you're complimenting is not me. It's this, 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 and this. Until my right. friend Harper was like, <laughs> every time I think about it, I this is I have I have them in my head. They're like, take the fucking compliment. 
They've literally said yeah. that to me before. They're like, oh, okay, I am taking the compliment. And, you know, right then, like, then and there, it's of course, hard, but like. It's hard it, to learn to accept compliments. It's I will super 100% hard. agree with you. It's very hard. But then, and I, and I tell people when I can see people struggling with it, I'll look at them and say, all you have to say is thank you. You don't have to make an excuse. And you don't even, I don't even want to say really accept it, but by saying thank you, you mm-hmm. accept that it's a gift or a something that I gave you and you can just say thank you for receiving right. it. That's it. Exactly. Like literally if somebody gives you a compliment and you don't know what to say, just say thank you. And that's it. And it's still going to sit with you and it's still going to change you and it's still going to get in there. And even if you're not like, yes, I am a fucking queen. You're, if you say thank you, you're going to recognize some of those words and you're going to recognize that that person is truthfully telling you those words. Yes. So I mean, I say thank you all the time. (laughs) I do too. And I, it is really hard. It's hard for me. It's hard for me to accept compliments. I think, and it's, it's come a lot. Like, I mean, people, God, this sounds like I'm tooting my own horn, but it is what it is. Um, (laughs) People will come up to me and be like, I'm just obsessed with your work. And I'm, you know, you just, uh, you do all these things and you make people feel amazing. And how does that feel? And all this other stuff. And the honest answer is it's overwhelming in a lot of Mm -hmm. ways, but like, it's also really freaking cool. But when people are like, oh my God, I'm just obsessed with this. And I'm like, okay, uh uh-huh. Like, and I guess it's, it's hard for us to accept compliments because when you're doing something that just feels normal and natural to you, you don't think you should be complimented on it because it's easy to you. But just because it's easy to you doesn't mean that it's easy to other people. Right. And like, and, and I think that learning to accept compliments is such a huge thing is just as hard as giving compliments, if not harder, <laughs> if yes, not harder, absolutely. definitely harder. It's a, it's real easy to compliment others. It's, it's yes. very hard a to compliment ourselves and B to accept compliments from others easily even now Pate is so bad at taking compliments I I tell him every single day I'm like I am so attracted to you I am so in love with you I think you are so handsome I love your curls I think you have the cutest nose on the face of the planet like all of these things and he's like stop (laughs) he doesn't know what to say he doesn't know what to say and honestly in the almost year of us dating We really have only had a couple conversations where I've told him that like, hey, this is really important and I'm giving you this compliment and he's said, thank you. And I'm like, oh, look, progress. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like, yes. Well, but and I think that and he struggles like we all do a lot with the way that we look and different things like that. And so the compliments that I've given him that he's taken and said, thank you are compliments of his character. Yes. That's the way in. That's the way in. Like, because when I say, babe, you're a really great friend to your friends. You're really good at being there for people. He's like, thank you. I pride myself on that. Yeah, you should. You absolutely should. And I think that we, we learn to only try and take compliments on things that we do think that we're actively doing. And a lot, for a lot of us, appearance isn't, something that we feel like we actually have a part in like an mm-hmm. active part in in a lot of ways and yes. and I think that that needs to change because I feel like as women specifically the only way we feel like we're taking an active part in our our appearance is if we're getting dressed up and we're putting makeup on and we're doing mm-hmm. these things and mm-hmm. we're being fed into that 
beauty and fashion society and marketing that is like, this is how you look attractive. And so if we're not doing those things in our just inherent state of being, whether that's like with bedhead or absolutely terrible breath in the morning and like, you should see my bun every morning. It's all over the place. And Pate kisses me goodbye every morning and says, I love you. You're beautiful. I hope you have a good day. And I'm like, this is not pretty right now, but okay. But here's the thing (laughs) is that he still finds it attractive and that I don't get to change that opinion for him. That is a good point. I mean, Adam is pretty much the same way. He'll do this goofy thing, though. It makes me laugh every time. He's like, where did you get that? And I'm like, what? He's like, all that cuteness. I'm like, I hate you so much. (laughs) (laughs) And I fall for that shit. Sometimes I I don't. I'm like, I see what you're doing. Because most of the time I end up falling for that. I'm like, how do I keep falling for this shit every single time? It's because you trust him. It is. (laughs) He's playing on your gullibility because he knows you're going to be like, wait, what? What? what did yeah. I miss? Like, exactly. Every single time. And it's time. really it's really our close partners who can do that and like not make us feel foolish. Right. That's that is a good point. That's <laughs> <laughs> fair. It's very fair. It's but yeah, it is. It's just such a uh, compliments are hard. Compliments are hard, but it uh, back to what we originally started this with, accepting it for yourself and being able to love yourself is how moving forward you can be more comfortable in in feeling sexually ready for a relationship mm-hmm. or feeling sexually attractive in a relationship and different things like this. And, and I will say for anybody listening, that comes in ebbs and flows. Just because you yep. feel fucking fantastic one day doesn't necessarily mean you're going to do it the next day. And that's okay. We don't have to stay on that high of that roller coaster every single day. And we don't have to hold ourselves to the same feeling of standards every single day we all have different things going on in our lives that affect all of our mental health and so many of these different things that can affect the way that we see ourselves so just a note for anybody who who needs to hear it just because you felt like fucking hot shit today and you wake up tomorrow morning and you don't feel it that doesn't mean you're not (laughs) exactly exactly and it is, it's, it's really, it's taking those, those days and those times where we're feeling the most comfortable with ourselves, savoring them and then saying, what is it that I'm doing that has given me this, this thought and this care and this everything that I can replicate and that I can create again for myself. And sometimes that's just like today I was like, I'm not going to put real clothes on. I'm going to put on this dress that's like pajamas because I want to feel cozy and I'm going to do all of this other stuff. And then I put it on and I'm like, damn, I love this dress. It looks good. And it's like sweatpants. Like, you know, (laughs) it's being able to do those things, recognize small things that we need and encourage our own selves forward in order to have that better open relationship with others. I'm here for all of this. All of it, all of it, all of it. it. It's true. It's true. And that's and that's how we become more inclusive human beings. <laughs> yes. Which is the ultimate such, goal. Such a such a simple lesson. It's really hard, <laughs> but it's also really easy to be inclusive. Just it, like it yourself more, so and simple. then you'll find empathy for others. <laughs> As Lauren Hill says, it could all be so simple, but we rather make it hard. Truly, truly, it's crazy. So I have a couple questions for you. Yes. So the first one being, so where, when in your life have, I mean, talking about you being with two guys and all of this other stuff of like feeling sexually comfortable and sexually desirable, but at what point in your life or was there like a catalyst or a turning point that made you become more comfortable with your body and feel 
feel confident in existing in the body that you're in, despite, you know, all these standards that are put on every single one of us by society. Yeah, I would honestly say it was, (laughs) it was probably in the last few years. Like I'm 40 now. I had to remember what my age was. That's what happens when you're 40. Um, you forget your damn age. Uh, and so I would say <laughs> probably like right before the pandemic started. So let's push it back to like 2019. Okay. I think I was, I was starting to, I was, let me paint the picture. I was maybe three years removed from uh, an engagement that I called off. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, finally coming into my own in my work life, in my personal life. And like my my health, I've separated from my body image finally. Like yes, I got to the point to be yeah. able to, that's absolutely hard, which I may end up talking about anyway. Um, and so like when it came time for me to get back into dating, I I knew who I was and I knew mm-hmm. what I wanted to do. And I think there's just so many things that were already going on in my life that meant that I had taken charge in that my body image was just one that I needed to start doing. And I think maybe it was after, it was a few years after you and I had connected Okay. to do yeah. photos, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah, cause I think our first shoot was in 2018. 18. Yep. That sounds right. Yes. Cause it was that summer. Yes. So this is the summer yes. after that. Um, okay. I still have, you know, I do go back and look in my viewfinder at those photos Girl, all the time. You with the, I loved I loved that blonde you had in your hair. Oh my gosh, like, I missed that That blonde. one photo. It's it's in my sample like box that I have of like it's like you and you're sitting and you're looking out the window and you're wearing that like off the shoulder bodysuit. Yes. And you just look like a fucking queen. Like you are just so like regal is like one of the, my like favorite words to describe that photo did you even have your lion tattoo yet Mm-mm, nope uh-uh and so it would be and it would be on the arm that was facing me if i yeah it would have been we shot it now but like <laughs> but like you just like in that photo like i could have put a crown on you and i would have been like this is the fucking queen right here and everybody would have been like yep she's a queen that's she's it queen. Like, <laughs> so yeah i think it's just like i when i got back into it I had some, you know, it's not like everything went smoothly. I still had some rough patches with some some dudes, but like having having actual fun dating allowed me to just be comfortable in my skin and my body um, and how I presented myself, and it just felt good to be in that space. But did it work out with those folks? Absolutely not. And I ended up meeting Adam like a year or so later. Because we met, we met during the pandemic, and so which the one place I did not expect to find love was during a fucking pandemic. But here we are. Nope. But, but here we are. But, you know, <laughs> but I had to be that person. I had to be myself now. Like you know, I had to grow into my body and really just putting myself, putting myself out there as Brandy, the 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 lioness, the goddess, who is not. It's not going to crumble if this relationship didn't work out. Right. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And so it just really, I don't want to say it was like, it was this willpower, but it was understanding the the last few relationships I had been in, the engagement that I broke off and what I needed to do to just be the person to let this to be water off a duck's back. 
And a lot of that was really just um, giving myself grace, giving myself grace to be like, you know, you just talked about it where, you know, you may feel like the shit today and you don't feel like it the next day. That in therapy helped a lot. Therapy is important. (laughs) Therapy absolutely helps a lot. Those two things. Like I had the first therapist, she ain't shit, but the second one, she was great. (laughs) I mean, she's, she was great. You know, she was cool, but thankfully she went on maternity leave. But like point that like you need to find a therapist who works for you who works works with with you you. it's just like friendship just because like somebody is somebody that you should see or potentially be friends with that doesn't mean you automatically have to be friends that doesn't mean just because you go to a therapist that doesn't mean you have to like them or really feel safe with them and it's an important thing to find a therapist that is that gives you that and helps you in the best way that I've seen therapy talked about unravel all of this like tangled yarn in your brain of like all of these wires that are crossed and the th- ways that we think that these things are thought about us or about ourselves, they're there to help you untangle that. And if you have to find the right person for that, that doesn't exactly. mean it's the first one you go to. So no, it definitely was not. And it, I'm glad, uh, I'm glad the switch happened and talking to her was really an eye opener, just not just about body, but about relationships. And I know most of my conversation, I tie a lot of my body image to relationships because that was that was how I was raised. That was just how I grew up, how I ended up seeing that, you know? I think that that's how a lot of us were raised. I think that I think that a lot of us are raised that, like, you grow up, you meet somebody, you get married, you move forward, you do this. Like, and right. that's, that's not the world we live in presently. And I'm excited that we live in a world that, like, I, you know, at 33, I'm not an old maid of... <laughs> Uh, you know, and I right. I need to have two and a half kids and a dog and a white picket fence and like a nice car in the driveway and all of this shit. Like, I don't I don't need any of that. I don't and I don't need specific gender roles and I don't need right. specific, exactly. you know, anything. And I think that we are a generation that is breaking those boundaries and the next generations after us are like like running away from them like nobody's business. And I'm proud of them. <laughs> yes. and, and it's very. But it is. I think that we're we're all taught. I would say that like women of our generation are taught like you grow up, you find a partner, you get married, you have kids. Mm -hmm, And that's mm -hmm. that's what you're supposed to do, whether, you know, work, career, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Be what you want to be, do what you want to do. That's what we've been told by our parents. But when we are now being what we want to be and doing what we want to do, it doesn't look like what they thought it was. And we're okay with that. And a lot of the rest of the world is still grappling with it. So they can grapple. They'll be all right. They can grow. They'll be fine. Yeah, Listen. Yeah, they'll be fine. So yeah, I, I honestly think it it really just truly clicked for me a year before this pandemic started. And it's kind of continued to grow throughout the pandemic right. of like being yeah. comfortable with myself. Yes. So in that, obviously we've talked about having a therapist and things like that, but in that having um you know, books, media, people, any other resources that for you or others that could, you know, use those resources on their own body journey? See, this is the hard part because I, <laughs> I'm about to say, I don't read books. I do, but not, not, <laughs> not those type of books. I, right. I have friends who do, and I get a lot of life lessons from them. Um, but there's, there's nobody like, I know people are going to like the first person that comes to mind is always Lizzo, but like it's before her. I love you know, Lizzo. Lizzo's, I mean, I freaking love Lizzo. I absolutely right. love her. But and there are other people in my life who have kind of 
push that envelope before her. And they're like the person who truly comes to mind is my best friend, Chris. Chris and Dre, those two are my besties. We are Destiny's Child together. Yeah. Uh, Chris, (laughs) they have been instrumental in me seeing them transform their own body images. Um, What they, you know, Chris is somebody who will wear, um, he, they'll show up as male presenting to a lot of people. Right. And Chris is somebody who will don on lip gloss, who will get braids done and just like absolutely fucking fantabulous in them, who will get their nails done, somebody who identifies as queer and non-binary. And to watch them work through that, modified through that, has been honest. And I actually haven't told them this. So I'm going to do that after this conversation. You should. Because <laughs> like, I just so really powerful. just, you know, like I just honestly am just like amazed by them anyway. They're just a brilliant scholar. They're, they take no shit from anybody. And Chris and I have known each other for 10 plus years now. Right. And so I have truly seen the transformation that they are um, working through. It's just beautiful to watch. And like, I'm like, if Chris can do this, I like, Chris can do this. This is, I can do it too. Like I can really think through what I need to do. Um, I would say also you, Carly, and I know you probably hear that, but like specifically it's not, not just you and your photography, which is awesome, wonderful. And I tell everybody about you, but it's also how you, your fashion specifically. I thought about this the other day. Let me tell you the story. So the other day I was wearing, I'm going to sit here and accept compliments and listen to your story. Yeah, we were just talking about this. I was sitting here the other day wearing uh, the little crop top sweater that you got us uh, from the retreat. And I was like, I need to wear more crop tops. You know who wears a lot of crop tops? Carly. Carly wears crop tops all the time. Them and bodysuits. And it took me a while. You actually got me into bodysuits. So I was yes. like, damn, bodysuits look really good on Carly. I've put I you in bodysuits since the day yes. I met you. <laughs> yes, and I was like, oh my gosh, I should do this more. And so this is technically a crop top that I'm wearing right now. It's low because Champion likes to do lower stuff for double XLs. Right. But you know, I'm about to wrap this up. But I was just like, <laughs> I'm seeing crop tops at the bookstore that I wear. I work at. I should get myself a crop top. Like, why can't uh-huh. I do that? I should be able to do that. They should be making crop tops in my size. Yes. So I'm just like going through this thing and I'm just like, where did I get this from? And I was like, fucking Carly, Carly, where is these crop tops? And I just love I the, the, she does. I just Great love the closet. I do wear crop Literally. Like, so I'm sitting oh, in my closet. Yes. I'm sitting in my closet recording and the shelf above my laptop is my crop yes. top shelf. Yes. <laughs> it's right here. I got them all. Like for me growing up, crop tops were not for our sizes. Yeah. They technically yeah, still are. Truly. They still are. I you got to find, you got to like go look for that shit. And so like, I'm thinking, where did I get this from? I got this from you. And so thank you for that. One, You're because welcome. The, <laughs> one, I found a new fashion thing that I like, but also to me that like, that's the part of the media, the books, the people, the fashion pieces that, um, that you do, that Lizzo does, that Chris does, that I'm seeing that is like, oh, I can do that too. Yes. That's what that's coming yeah. into my mind. Oh, I can do that too. And it's not, it's no longer a question of should I, or should I not? Does I that make can. sense? I yes. can do that. I can do that too. And so I would say those are the people that, that have kind of helped me go into my skin 
in that way. Like I, I do, I swear I read books, but like <laughs> my books are about sci-fi and those type of pieces. Sci-fi. Oh yeah. And no, to I, be honest, I don't watch a lot of TV that isn't around sci-fi or fantasy anymore because as somebody who does diversity and social justice education, I can no longer watch shows without taking a social justice lens. It is, oh, I'm sure. Oh my God. I hate it. I love it. And I hate it. Right. I, but I mainly just love it. <laughs> like I can't, I can't do that all the time. So like shows like Insecure, shows like um, Sex in the City, shows yep. um, like those that are very like I would say are the types types of shows that I probably would watch that help me around body positivity. Maybe not right. Sex in the City as much as Insecure. I can't watch those shows <laughs> because no, to I me can't... I'm just like that's too much. That's too much. I need something to take escape. I need to escape from this. Well, right yeah, now. it's it's it is it is what you do for work, and right. it is what you spend every day, day in and day out. Like, and I guess I could say in the same thing. Obviously, you and I connect on the level of like we both love sci-fi and fantasy and all of these other things. And so, and I think that that for me, like you're saying, is an escape. I work obviously in the realm of bodies all day, Mm -hmm. every day. And I won't lie. There are days that I'm drained and it's really hard for me to be the person boosting others up. If I'm, you know, trying to pour from an empty cup and refilling for myself is really hard. And a lot of that I get from being able to like sit down and do something I really enjoy, which for me is reading um, or in the same fell swoop, like Pate and I will sit down and watch Netflix and we both love sci-fi and fantasy as well. So like for me, it's like we're sitting down and watching The Witcher together and we're sitting down yes. and watching, you know, all of these different things or I'm reading sci-fi books or I'm reading fantasy books because these are, and I guess, and here's, here's the thing is that I find about both sci-fi and fantasy and a lot of like good fiction. I don't, I don't, I enjoy fiction. I just err on the side of fantasy fiction instead of just straight fiction. Right. A lot of sci-fi and fantasy are worlds that exist without race and exist without body image. Mm-hmm. Period. There are so many things. I mean, let's, let's let's look at let's look at Star Trek. Okay. Right. <laughs> For a brief moment, even Star Trek, when it was you know William Shatner and all of these people, and they're having these characters who are alien and nobody's judging them based on their appearance or their anything. There's a meme. And I want to say it's from star Trek and I, I don't want to say creature, but an alien of some variety coming back and seeing the captain and says, Oh, it's so good to see you. Um, my friend and their their name and then they say it's this name now which is a male's name and you know what I'm talking about I'll see yeah. if I can find it but like that and then being like it's so good to see you my friend with their new name just that acceptance mm-hmm. and that like non-judgment and I find that again working in I obviously don't physically work in diversity and inclusion but I would say I kind of do a lot of that stuff in being able to step away from that and just read and and be in these universes where it's just solved yeah well not even just (laughs) solved but like (laughs) it's just it's a non-issue or it's evolved to something different or better or like because I don't mind I've told this to people before like I don't mind people knowing that I'm black I actually want you to know that right I just don't want you to think I'm inferior because of it that's that's the piece around it Uh, yeah that's that's (laughs) the real thing around it right like I'm I'm black. I'm a woman. I'm queer all day, every day. But if you think I'm inferior because I identify as those, then that's your problem. Exactly. And 
I hope you solve it one day. I'm going to have to help in that, but it's really your problem to solve. <laughs> so, so a recent book that I've read, and I'm actually curious if you've read it, um, is A Long Way to a Small Angry Planet, Becky Chambers. So no, I, I haven't. highly recommend. Was recommended by my friend Carrie. I'll text it to you. Don't worry. Yeah, text it. Thank you. <laughs> um, and was recommended by my friend Carrie. And Carrie was like, I really like this. Like we were just talking about good sci-fi books. And I was like, all right, cool. So I opened it. I'm like three pages in and hooked. Just nice. amazing writing style. Amazing writing style, which I obviously can appreciate. But what I love about this universe and this world that, and it's not even exterior from our own it is far in the future but um that becky chambers has created is that this is it's literally just so factual on there is a a, a, an alien race separate Mm -hmm. from human um that exists as like a a they period there's there's no gender um and it's a like I almost want to say like a two spirit type thing. And it's a very interesting, but it's just given as fact. And that is what this person or this, this aliens, they have their name and then they go by they and all of this other stuff. And then it's talking about, it's talking through different sexuality of these characters, the way that, um, the way that these different alien races speak and communicate and that interspecies, some certain interspecies relationships are still frowned upon, but things like this and how things like that are combated. So it's, I'm not saying that those things aren't there and aren't presenting, but right. it's literally like, here's the fact, these are what these people are called. This is, this is, they don't have a gender or this doesn't have whatever, or specifically a different race of aliens changes gender based on they'll just have a feeling in their body and i I don't want to say it's like a lizard ish Mm -hmm. they're very amphibian ish and lizard ish but they change from back and forth between male and female depending on what like their rotation is where they are in their age range if they're carrying an egg if they're doing these different things and that's just how their species is and it's given as like this is what happens and people just accept it and I was like god this universe is like blowing my mind that these are just and in their transition periods they have separate pronouns it's um like xi so I don't know if that would be chi or like uh, how it's pronounced in that specifically i almost want to like email becky chambers and be like how do you pronounce pronounce this (laughs) um so that i can say it correctly but you know not they them not he she but xi and xe and so when it's and when you're reading it in text you're like it's just this simple Mm. and i wish and i think that that is something that i love about sci-fi and fantasy is they're like these are the facts and this is what we're going for because we're moving forward in this and there's there's so much that's taken out of our societal constructs and then put in these other societies. And I'm not saying that things aren't still going to have problems, but a lot of other species, magical beings interacting, and there's there's no rules for that. And everybody just gets to be and exist as they are, and they exist, and it's not questioned. And I think that right. that's one of the things I love the most about it. I do, too. I like that. <laughs> You have to text me that book. I want to know. I will. I will. It was so good. And then I immediately picked up the second one from the series, which was just as phenomenal and talks about artificial intelligence as beings and talks about, I mean, just so incredibly cool. And like, and then, you know, getting a body and creating a body and how you feel and what you want it to feel like. And like, and I was just like, these concepts are amazing. And these concepts are just like giving me so much life and and understanding and like making me feel 
so good about being able to read things like this and be like, God, there's no gender in this and it's fantastic. And there, you know, there's none of these constructs that we feel like we have shoved upon ourselves and it's so nice. So thank you, Becky Chambers. (laughs) Okay. And then my last question for you (laughs) off of our sci-fi and fantasy topic, my last question for you would be, what advice would you give your younger self about your body? And I always say this in like, your younger self can be last week. Your younger self yeah. can be three years ago, or your younger self can be like middle school, high school, which I think is when we get asked that question, that's the first like self we think right. of is like, it's, we usually revert to like middle school self of like that changing of puberty awkwardness what we wish we knew (laughs) (laughs) like damn it if I knew this in middle school yeah I don't think that would have changed middle school much for me I (laughs) just to be honest I think if I if the the younger self I immediately think of is uh freshman in college Brandy who was like you know not I mean Oklahoma State is in Stillwater Oklahoma which is where I was grew up and so like I'm literally down the road from my parents but my parents wanted me to stay on campus and it was good. like, yeah, it's a different experience. It, it sure. is a totally different experience. And for a bit, they were like, yes. And then they saw the bill and they're like, come home. And I was like, Haha, no. Um, <laughs> and then I became an RA and it was fine. But like, I think my body and my relationship with my body was very just, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? I, I, I went through some things um, either like I'll just be honest. So I had experienced some sexual groping and harassment in college. And so mm-hmm. I I didn't connect it always with my body, but I would connect it with like how the, my person is I'm attracting these these idiots because I'm not I don't feel that self-confidence in myself and my body. Right. Is how it came about. And so like if I would give any advice to myself it's just like fuck those dudes, you don't need them. <laughs> You yeah. are, you actually are um, capable of, of attracting yourself, the people you want. You just need to just work on yourself a little bit, like just chill and work on you and the rest will happen. I would yeah. say that to my yesterday self too, just chill, <laughs> <laughs> work on you and things will happen. Like everything yeah. will happen when it needs to happen. I felt like in college, I hadn't done the things that like high school folks had done. Like, but by the time I got to my, my uh, 18, 19, 20 year old self that I felt like is the rite of passage bullshit thing to do. Right. And so like, yeah, I would just be like, girl, you just need to chill. Yeah. Things will happen. We, we put a lot happen. of pressure on ourselves in those like teenage years, a lot yeah. of pressure on ourselves. And there's a lot of pressure coming from family and from society. Right. And like, how are you going to be a pro- pro- productive member of capitalism? <laughs> right. Exactly. I was about to be a edu- I was going to be a uh, elementary school teacher. And then I was like, I saw them kids and I couldn't do it, but See, That's not I, exactly I could true. see you as a really good elementary school teacher, but I also like I don't think I could do. I couldn't I couldn't handle kids that much all day every day. Well, it wasn't so much the kids, it was the the teachers who looked like the life had been drained from their faces every time I saw them, and I did not yeah. want that for my life. So, yeah. I mean, I that still ended up in education obviously. But... I was going to say educators are should be paid so much more, more and should be given breaks and should be I mean, they do everything for our country. And I think I think here's another true question that I have. It's like everybody at some point has had a teacher 
that has changed mm-hmm. something for them, whether it's because that teacher was negative and we decided to rebel or because that teacher was so positive and pushed us in a direction we didn't see. Even like, I honestly don't think I would have gone to art school if I hadn't, my high school counselor was like, I really think you should look into this. And I was like, Penny, I don't want to move to Georgia. And <laughs> I was like, you want me to go to art school? You want me to move to Savannah, Georgia? I, like what? Excuse me. I was like, I want to move to New York city. I want to do all this other stuff, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to major in fashion. And she was like, I really think you should look at this school. And then I went to SCAD. So thank you, Penny Bernie. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, truly, like people who push us in a certain direction and other teachers that I had who were like, follow your dreams just because they're not the same as everybody else's doesn't mean that they're wrong. And I'm so lucky that I had educators that told me that, that saw that I was different and were like, lean in, lean in. And I needed that. I think we all need that in general. But I, yeah. But I think everybody has had a teacher who has influenced them in some way, shape, or form. And educators deserve so much more. On they everything. absolutely do. <laughs> I actually emailed my favorite teacher the other day because I saw a Facebook post about, like, you know, who's your favorite, you know, who's that one teacher who really inspired you? And I yeah. talked about Mr. Keenholz, well, now Dr. Keenholz. And I was like, I wonder if he's what he's doing. I found him on LinkedIn and I emailed him. And, like, I was like, you probably don't remember me because you're we're old. Um, he actually <laughs> did. And he like was so happy that he got an email from me and that I, you know, talking about taking compliments, like he was right. really touched by, by that. And I was like, Oh snap. So if you have a favorite teacher or educator reach and they're still them. among the living, please yeah. reach out to them. Like it'll make their they day. would absolutely make their day. Yes. I love that. I love that. Brandy, my love, thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me. This has been wonderful. So wonderful. I feel like we could do a whole other podcast episode just about like work and diversity and inclusion. We absolutely could. We maybe should at some point (laughs) because I feel like, I feel like we talked about it, but we didn't like talk about it. Yeah. I was like, we could have gone real deep and uh, we would have never got to anything else. We would have never gotten to, like, in Star Trek universe. <laughs> right. I mean, technically, we probably would have because I would have brought it up. But it's true. It's true. It would have been different. It would have been different. You can different. have me back anytime, Carly. I, I would love back. to have you back anytime. <laughs> I love it so much. Brandy, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Someplace for Everybody. If you loved this episode, would you mind leaving me a review in your favorite podcast app and subscribe to the show? If you're looking for a community to love on you and support you in your self-love journey, come join our all-gender Facebook group, Someplace for Everybody, which can be found in the show notes at someplaceforeverybody.com. Until we meet again, be kind to yourself. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.